Michigan hopes to find some identity over the bye week. We preview a huge opening Big Ten game matchup, and Sparty throws stones a little early. I'm Adam Amble, and this is The M Factor. Welcome back, Michigan fans, for week three of the M-Factor. We will have a quick recap of a tough-to-watch game against Army. We will discuss the bye week items and a justified little poke at Sparty. But first, make sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or SoundCloud and subscribe to the M-Factor. Make sure to leave us a review and, as always, a five-star rating to help skyrocket the M-Factor in the rankings so us Wolverine fans can take over the college football podcast world Thanks again, everyone, for listening. I really appreciate it. Let's keep season two rocking. I really appreciate the support, everyone. So let's get the episode rolling. Uh, Welcome back again, folks. Excuse me. Just recovering uh, off of a little cold from last week, so I apologize for no episode, but didn't really have... Uh, the greatest of voices. So let's hop right into the Army game. I really want to go over it kind of quick here. So uh, first, it was a rather boring game until the end, obviously. Army should have, honestly, should have won that game, and they deserve to, missing that 50-yard field goal attempt with two seconds left. Uh, just heartbreaking for Army. And you, you really can't root against Army, but goodness, that could have been rather disastrous, but maybe not for most reasons that Michigan fans think, which I'll get to a little after we do the box scores. Let's roll right to them, the team stats. Again, the score was 24-21. Michigan wins it in double OT. First downs, Michigan 23-15. to Total yards, 340 to 243 for the Wolverines. Passing 232 to 43 for Army. We really didn't expect much of the passing game out of Army. They only attempted five passes, completing on two of them. Michigan was 20 of 31 with 7 point yard or 7.5 yards per pass, 8.6 for Army. Army did have a crucial interception that they threw, so that was uh, that was kind of a, a major turning point for them. Rushing uh 61 rushing attempts for Army for 200 yards. 45 for the Wolverines, which is rather high for them as well, but uh, the the real major factor was Michigan only 2.4 yards per carry and we'll get into a little bit of that uh later after these these stats. So Army had 3.3 yards per rush. Penalties, 9 of 58. Another problem for the Wolverines in the first two games this season are the penalties, and they really got to pick that up. And uh, Army had eight penalties for 78 yards. And then we get to the major, major negative M factor of the game, and that was the turnovers. Of course, same as against Middle Tennessee State. Three for the Wolverines, including two of them that Army ended up scoring off of. Three for Army, Michigan, and all three of their turnovers were fumbles. Time of possession, Army beats Michigan in time of possession, 31 minutes and 35 seconds to 28 minutes and 25 seconds for the Wolverines. That's really not a surprise when you run the ball 61 times, right, folks? Let's get into the box score real quick and individual statistics for Michigan. Shea Patterson was 19 of 21 for 207 yards, 7.1 yards. QBR of 59.6. Folks, that's not going to cut it. We'll get into that a little bit more here. Uh, Dylan McCaffrey attempted one pass, and again, we'll get into that as well. 
Zach Charbonnet, all day Charbonnet, 33 carries for 100 yards. That's only three yards a carry, folks, but he did have three touchdowns, which really, really obviously propelled the Wolverines to the victory. Receiving, not a good day for really any of them. Ronnie Bell had seven receptions for 81 yards. He was really the only standout wide receiver and uh, tight end in the in the game. On defense, it was Kalik Hudson with a great game. 12 total tackles. Jordan Glasgow with 11 tackles. Brad Hawkins with 10 tackles. And Aiden Hutchinson with 10 tackles. Carlo Kemp had a great game. Nine tackles. We had Hutchinson with a half a sack and Quiddy Pay with a half a sack, which is quite, quite impressive considering Army doesn't pass the ball very much. Obviously, only five attempts, so we only had really five attempts to get a sack, and they, they made the most of that. Michigan interceptions, we had one by Lavert Hill, which was huge. Kick returns, Giles Jackson had a long of 30 punt returns. Ronnie Bell, not a good game returning punts. He had negative five yards. Only one punt, though, so uh, Michigan kicking. Jake Moody was one for one on field goals and two for two on extra points. Quinn Nordine with one for one on extra points as well. Will Hart punting only had one punt. Uh, that went 61 yards, so that's that's not terrible. So let's do a quick recap of the actual game. So my end factors go to, again, Alday Charbonnet with being just a beast with 33 carries and three TDs. Now, again, I'll get into it a little more here um, shortly, but 33 carries for Charbonnet, that is, that is quite the workload. So I give him the end factor on offense, on defense. I'm going to give it to the whole Michigan defense, especially since they had that Fumble recovery, touchdown taken away from them after it was revealed. It was clearly, clearly a touchdown. Uh, the refs called them down, so that's it's not a reviewable play. So that's the, the play stood as just a fumble recovery, but nonetheless, still a uh, still a turnover. And Army is a very, very tough offense to play. I know the announcers said that the whole game, but you really, you really, it really showed on the Michigan defense that the defense was really starting to tire, especially that front seven, despite playing a very good game. Army's just a, a really, you know, when they run the ball, when you're in the trenches, almost every play, I mean, there were only five plays that weren't in the trenches, right? Five pass plays, really. And you just, they keep beating you down and beating you down. Like I mentioned, the time of possession for Army actually beat Michigan. And that's rare for a Michigan team, as I mentioned earlier. My takeaway from the game is where where is this offense? We were promised this speed in space offense. I'm not seeing it now. Are they holding back? Are they holding something back? From what I've noticed in the past the past two games or the first two games, Shea Patterson not pulling his trademark read in the backfield that faked out so many people last year, and he gained some great yardage off it. He didn't do it once, I don't think, folks, not once. We kept running that Reed handoff in the backfield right up the middle with Charbonnet. Don't get me wrong, great job by Charbonnet to really pound out those 100 yards. That was a well-earned 100 yards on the day. But not pulling, this, it's his trademark move, and I really th- it just looks like the coaches told him before the game, don't do that, don't pull the ball not because I don't think they want to show anything because every coach in the country knows that that is obviously an option. But what I think happened and Harbaugh alluded to it after the first game. And I think I alluded to it in the second episode of the M factor was remember Harbaugh basically kind of ripped into Shea a little bit when he just tried 
so hard to gain those extra two yards, ended up getting injured on the play, that first play from scrimmage against Middle Tennessee in the first game of the season, and then ended up fumbling the ball. Now, I think maybe they said, all right, stop. This is this is Army, and Army is not a team to mess around with. Obviously, they uh, you, you saw it all game. They would replay the Oklahoma game from last year, which they took Oklahoma, a Kyler Murray Oklahoma team, no doubt, to overtime as well, and then had, what, the longest winning streak in the country, uh, longest or second longest when they came into Ann Arbor a couple weekends ago. So they were no slouch, and they were also right outside of the top 25. People seem to forget that. They had, what, I think like 32 votes to be in the top 25. So, they, you know, it's not like a Tulsa or a Arizona State, which is now ranked. We'll get into that a little later as well. But uh, I just it, it begs to ask the question, are they holding back? Did they purposely tell these players to hold back a little bit? Boy, I hope not because you really got to fine-tune that offense going in, especially into Big Ten play. So where's this offense we were promised? I don't think they showed too much. Obviously, you don't want to show too much, but I really think that they, they're holding back just slightly so they don't show, their, show all their cards before they get into this weekend's big game against Wisconsin. Second, these turnovers. These turnovers got to stop, folks. I think that's pretty much obvious to everyone. Their opponents have scored 28 points off of these turnovers, and they come at like critical moments, right? The opening possession of the game where you want to really set the tone doesn't happen for Michigan these first two games. That is not a good that's not a good trend, folks. We can't have that against Wisconsin or it's over. It's it's donezo. Third are the penalties, which I alluded to earlier. These penalties are killing them too. And it, of course, it's going to be a little sloppy, right? It's going to be a little sloppy when you uh, the first two uh, the first two games of the season, and you got a new offense, new offensive coordinator. I get it, but you still have the same quarterback. And honestly, it's Shea that has fumbled the ball what three times now, three or four times, three three four times. And two of them have been just critical on the first drive of the game in which the opposing team has scored. We can we haven't played with the lead. We haven't scored first this year. I know it's only been two games, but come on. These are supposed to be weaker opponents, folks, and it's just not showing it. Third, McCaffrey, or uh, pardon me, uh, another big thing about holding back is McCaffrey only playing two snaps two snaps you remember remember the episode before episode two when I mentioned that there's only two instances where you'd want that two quarterback system within a game that is one if your quarterback is injured what what comes out the fact that Shea Patterson appeared to be injured or they said that he was injured I believe it was a strained oblique that I that I've been hearing he got injured on that first play of the game against Middle Tennessee and they continue to play him, and maybe that's why I think he didn't pull the ball either. He's just in there, as a, honestly, as a placeholder to get some reps under that new offense, it seemed like, to me anyway. And you just didn't you didn't see McCaffrey – or pardon me, second was if Shea just looked like he wasn't understanding the offense. Well, if you weren't holding back any plays, it clearly looked like Shea is not understanding this offense. And I gave him props beginning of the season – like like I said, let's not let's not jump ship here to McCaffrey so quickly, folks. I know every Michigan fan is like, "Oh, should we have played McCaffrey?" Yes, but not for the reasons that that you guys are thinking. I think that Shea is definitely a little injured still. I think that 
coaches told him, hey, don't pull the ball unless you absolutely see a touchdown in front of you to where you won't get hit. We need you healthy. We got a bye week coming up. We need you healthy going into that Wisconsin game, into the, the Big Ten schedule. So unless you see a guaranteed touchdown where you're not even going to be close to getting hit, don't pull the ball. And that clearly showed, I mean, 30, 33 carries for Charbonnet, and he never once pulled that ball. Now, what I – so if that's the case, okay, great. But he was injured. And what happens? McCaffrey saw the least amount of snaps in his career at Michigan, except for when he was obviously injured with that broken collarbone. I didn't understand it. The one game that I totally agreed with actually playing McCaffrey, getting him in there, getting a spark for the offense, it didn't happen. I was totally mind-boggled. And I think a lot of you Michigan fans were as well to where he was not in the game. He was and once was only under center. The other time he was lined up at a wide receiver. So I don't get that whatsoever. Again, I think it seems like they're holding back a little bit. They thought they could survive and they almost didn't. So it would have been a disastrous attempt to, it, it almost looked like they were throwing the game, right? I'm not much of a conspiracy theory guy when it comes to college football teams throwing games, but this just looked obvious. I mean, you guys remember that fourth, that fourth down what was at fourth and three and yeah it was it was deep in deep in their territory but at the same time you run the same play you've ran probably about 40 times that game and shape doesn't pull it right hands it off and they get stuffed they get stuffed at a critical point in the game I mean they were right down two seconds left folks two seconds left 50 yard field goal to win it for army so it, it, it really does. Sometimes it does look like they're they're throwing the game, but the, the, the exact same play throughout the whole game, about 75%, it seems. So I would like to go into a little something deeper, though. I would like to go into why a loss, you know, the, the game is game. We ended up winning. That's great. Didn't look the greatest, I know. But I would like to get into why a loss would not have been so disastrous as, as many of you Michigan fans, as many as, you know, I consider myself in this group as well, as you might think. First of all, early season goal. Do not forget, what was our early season goal? To beat Ohio State and go to the Big Ten Championship game, right? Stated it in the first episode. That is our goal. A loss to Army does not take us out of that. A loss to Army does not take us out of that. What I would be worried about is how we looked if we actually did lose and we looked terrible. I could I could consider that a loss even though it doesn't look that way in the wins-loss columns, but I could easily say that that game looked like a loss to us. I'm not impressed with our offense. Our defense, I'm very happy about because I thought that was going to be the question mark this year, but apparently not so far. And we need to remember our expectations. It's been our expectations since Harbaugh's got there. Beat Ohio State and go to a Big Ten championship game. We still have aspirations. Our expectations seem to be year after year of we are in the national championship hope. Not not a chance. This this would have only if a loss to Army would have only only affected a national title implication. Even though it's early, I know that, but still, a loss to Army doesn't look good. And mark my words, Army is going to be ranked by the end of the season. I have no doubt about that. But let's face it, no one's beating Clemson or or maybe even Alabama. I think Alabama looks rather beatable. They didn't have a great game last Saturday, but no one's beating Clemson. So uh, until Trevor Lawrence leaves Clemson, there's <laughs> there's not a chance anyone's beating Clemson. So why even have that aspiration of thinking that we are national title contenders? Year in and year out, especially with Harbaugh, it, it just hasn't shown it. One, we can't seem to beat Ohio State. Two, he can't win a big game on the road. Now I'm not going all against Harbaugh here. He, I, he's definitely he's my coach. He is. Uh, I get to stick with him 
uh, through thick and thin, even if he does lose to Ohio State this year, next year, we still got to keep with him because he is winning. He's still winning 10 games. Three out of four years, he's won 10 games. That's a solid, solid performance. You, you, gonna wanna, you think anyone else can do better? Bring him on. Who? You gonna, I joke around. I was like, well, you can bring in Trestle. Let's bring Trestle back, right, folks? How about that? That sounds like a blast. We'll, uh, we'll rock some Trestle and uh, just really tick off Ohio State fans, and who knows, maybe, maybe he can beat Ohio State with Michigan. But let's face it, no one's beating Clemson. So let's get rid of these expectations of wanting to or thinking that we're national ch- championship contenders. We are on the fringe at best of even making the playoffs. We were close last year. We were close uh, three years ago. Uh, we came right up to that last game against Ohio State, but let's face it, if we can't beat Ohio State, we're never making the playoffs. So let's just leave that as our uh, let's just leave that in our wildest dreams. Early season goal was to beat Ohio State and to go to the Big Ten championship game. That is our goal. A loss might have really, really questioned our expectations, as I mentioned. And let's let's again let's focus on our Big Ten championship game goals so let's do that they need to focus on one game at a time I think honestly that's why the revenge tour was so effective last year simply because it literally dropped the focus on the entire season as a whole right remember when Wisconsin came to town last year and it was one game at a time one game and that was all even us fans were focused on so I can only imagine what 18 to 22 year old kids were focusing on Chase Winovich grabbed that bull by the horns and said I'm taking this over this is exactly what we need to do this year they need someone to step up I I am I'm glad we I'm glad we won against Army but I do think that Harbaugh was holding back a little bit for the Big Ten and again that that should be our expectation so one game at a time folks and speaking of the Big Ten, let's do a quick rundown of the league after week three. In the West, you have Iowa and Minnesota at 3-0. and Iowa with a major, major scare against Iowa State last. I mean, they should have lost that game. Boy, I hope not. All right, I'm, I'm glad they didn't, but whew, that was a, that was an ugly game. Wisconsin's at 2-0. and Of course, we get the, the, the clash with them this Saturday. Illinois, Nebraska at 2-1. and Illinois with that terrible loss to Eastern Michigan this last weekend. And Nebraska lost a tough one to uh, to Colorado uh, two weekends ago. So uh, that's, you know, that kind of rounds out the West. Now in the East, we have OSU and Penn State at 3-0 with Penn State barely escaping last weekend against Pitt. Michigan remains at 2 and 0 after the their first bye week. Maryland, MSU and Indiana at 2 and 1. MSU will get into here in a second. Rutgers rounds it out at 1 and 1. Now, honestly, not a very impressive last weekend for the Big 10 as Illinois, MSU both with embarrassing losses. Penn State and Iowa again narrowly surviving their game. So hopefully this is not an indication of a a weak league this year but it is still early so we will see as the rest of the conference gets into Big Ten play and really uh, let's let's hop into some other stories from the bye week for the Wolverines first they drop from seven to ten after they beat Army in double OT, kind of a slap in the face to Army because, like I mentioned before, let's not forget they had thirty. Well, it was thirty-one votes to be in the top twenty-five, so they are not a doormat. And like I mentioned, especially almost beating Oklahoma last year, so it's it's kind of a slap in the face to them. I'm surprised they actually dropped out of honorable mention for taking the Wolverines in Ann Arbor to double OT. It was it was rather weird, but. Uh, then after the bye week, they dropped from 10 to 11, which is kind of odd, but I get it considering, 
uh, Utah does have some three uh, does, is three and zero and looked pretty good, but they were pretty easy wins. No one no one major that they really beat. But coaches kept the Wolverines at number ten. To be honest, though, they've shown me nothing that they deserve to be a top ten team because, as I mentioned before, mainly the turnovers just a killer for us. The penalties they look sloppy. I've not seen any of this major major speed and space offense and. You know, 20, uh, 28 points scored off the turnovers by their by their two opponents. Again, that is that's the most disturbing f- stat that I feel about the season so far. That and the penalties. And like as I get back, I alluded to the the offense and the speed and space offense is is it a major contributor? Could be the injuries. Let's not forget, Donovan Peoples Jones has been out DPJ all season with that injury and he was the leading wide receiver and let's be honest the most electric player on offense last year so we really have been missing him that I mean that's going to open up the passing game as well as he was our our number one punt returner from last year he's pretty solid he's had a couple touchdowns uh, punt returns for touchdowns in his career at Michigan Shea Patterson well, it's rumored to have that is it's still rumored to have that injured oblique, which I said was the reason to play McCaffrey a little more, especially against Army. That didn't happen, which was very odd. John Runyon apparently could have played against Army, but staff decided to give him another week's rest, according to Harbaugh, which was a good idea, especially going into the bye week. I really, I'll, I'll go back to it. I really think that the coaching staff just didn't take Army that seriously. Even all all the way down to the end, they still thought they just were invisible. And you know Harbaugh, he gets rather, rather stubborn. He's been stubborn his whole time at Michigan. I really think that they just didn't have it in their minds that they were going to lose that game. So, of course, they limited the offense. The defense was exhausted. It looks like the defense, the defense played really well, don't get me wrong. But I really think that they... They looked exhausted, and it just it, to me it looks like they just held back. So Harbaugh, when asked about the injuries uh, for the Wisconsin game, he does it in true Harbaugh fashion and quoting, not sure. Uh, if that's not Harbaugh, the guy still just amazes me on how very awkward and hard – he is to listen to when doing these interviews. It's rather it's rather humorous. So let's let's just hope the bye week emphasized some ball protection first and foremost, continuing to work on that offense and becoming a little more disciplined, uh, a little more disciplined on what they need to do for this upcoming game and for the Big Ten schedule as a whole because. The, that's our, I'm sure it's on everyone probably agrees every all you Michigan fans agree with this I'm sure so I will say this however last weekend was not totally without some good entertainment now what do I mean let's roll with this week's rival annoyance okay now by good entertainment I do not mean the actual Arizona State Michigan State game in East Lansing, but rather the finish. Okay, let's recap of two weeks ago when MSU offense scores, or three weeks ago, pardon me, MSU offense scores one offensive TD against that stingy, tough Tulsa defense. And all we hear about is the Michigan State defense, right? The best in the country. This makes them championship worthy. They're gritty. They're the best. Okay, great. Michigan 
week after almost loses to nearly a top 25 team in Army. And yes, the offense did look horrible. It looked rough, but let's they still scored three TDs, guys. So still, it's still a scotch better than that MSU offense the week before against Tulsa. And Army is by far a much better team than Tulsa, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So MSU two weeks ago goes and just rolls Western Michigan. Oh, again, a really, really tough defense, right? They might've been, geez, I think Western might even be in the top 100 of defense last year. Good gracious. Boy, that is, that is tough. Way to go, Sparty. They win it 51-17 with those, just those God awful uniforms. You got to be kidding me, Sparty. That's not even what I'm upset about. That's not even my annoyance, but if you have not looked at those uniforms, what the heck are they thinking? There was like, what was there, like 50 shades of green on that? I, did they have neon green pants? Yeah, I think they did. It was unbelievable. Those, the shoes should have been like like poop brown. That, it would have made it look at least a little bit better because that the, that color scheme was just absolutely god-awful. I had to listen to it on the radio. Honestly, I had to listen to it. I couldn't even watch this stupid game because of those, those jerseys. And to, I bet most of you thought that that was going to be my rival annoyance, but you are far from it. So what happens after that game? 51-17, again, Sparty wins it. What happens after the game? Here come the tweets and the bashing and the bandwagon MSU fans telling me this is the offense we're going to see from Sparty all year. They just had to get those those opening game jitters out, right? They had, you know, once they put, they got they, they got their mesh down, Lewerke's back. He's, he's good to go. He's the player of old. He's the player from three years ago. Of course, they had to to jab the Michigan Army game as well, and rightfully so, but just typical MSU fans to have that short memory and forget who their stellar quarterback is, good old Lewerke, and their just brutal play calling in that offensive line is not good, running back not good. Uh, so that brings us to last weekend. Oh, so glorious it was. Let me recap it for any of you Sparty fans that I might actually be listening held scoreless for the first three quarters and finally get into the end zone at the 837 mark to go up 7-3 to three against another just dreaded Arizona State Sun Devil defense. Now, on a side note, let's not forget last year when Sparty uh, went down to Arizona State and they lost. But the excuse was that it was it was just a very late game. The game started at like 12 o'clock Eastern time. So jet lag and just a really late game for Sparty. One that was my one of my rival annoyances last year about your stupid scheduling. So don't blame that on, on having to go out west and play at 12 o'clock. Unbelievable. So uh that was a major that was a major factor, right? That that late game. So they bring them up to East Lansing this year on a beautiful, beautiful late summer day here in September in Michigan, and it couldn't ask for better weather. It was a three thirty start game, so no time, no whining about the start time. So good job, Sparty Athletic Department, on actually scheduling a decent decent time game. Anyway, MSU with a chance to tie with a field goal and Coughlin hits it right. Oh, the crowd's about ready to rush the field. You know, it is Arizona state. So, and in the words of Lee Corso, not so fast. The Sparty education just apparently doesn't teach simple math. And the field goal was negated for MSU because 12 men on the field. What happens next? You guessed it. They shank the field goal and lose 10 to seven. Oh, really one of the more major blunders of the D'Antonio era for Michigan State's, but trust me, I'm not feeling sorry for him at all. 
Now, what happened to that breakout offense, though, that we were promised to see the rest of the year, Sparty? It's just, it's so comical to me how bad this game was to watch, but what goes around comes around. So give it a little time to settle before you start to throw stones, Sparty. Just excellent start to the season again, boys, with your your two-on-one start. And I couldn't be happier for for Sparty Nation on their their spectacular start and their one good game on offense against three really just just top notch defenses. Go look up the the stats, people, and and let me know what you think. So that is this week's rival annoyance. All right, so. That brings us, every time I do the rival annoyance, I'm just so ticked off. I actually need to settle down a little bit and really just regain my thoughts so I can actually talk to you guys without huffing and puffing and raising my voice. And because I probably might lose it again here because of my the illness from last week, because of the cold last week. But let's get to some excitement, and that is this Saturday's game. Michigan, Wisconsin, Big Ten opener. Noon on Fox, Camp Randall in crazy Madison, Wisconsin. Michigan coming in at number 11 and Wisconsin at number 13. Brutal place to play. Michigan is favored by three and a half at the present time, but that is really no surprise since Camp Randall is one of the toughest places to play in college football. I hear the whole town literally shakes when they do the jump around a little house of pain. What is that? I think it's at like the start of the fourth quarter or sometime through the fourth quarter, uh, maybe midway through the third. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to let you know, but that would be something I would like to experience. Actually, I would love to go to Camp Randall and, and experience that because I think that would be a good time. Maybe maybe for a Michigan game in a couple of years, and hopefully we're, we're celebrating a couple Big Ten championships by then, but they better fix that offense if they they have any aspirations of that. Let's go into the M factors for the game first and foremost. Turnovers. Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. I think if Michigan can keep it equal, at least equal, keep it low of course, but I also want Wisconsin to turn or for some turnovers against Wisconsin, but if they can remain with the equal battle with the turnovers, I think they have a good shot of you know at least staying in this game. That's the big one. Two, I mentioned it earlier, keep the penalties down. These penalties have been killing us the last two games. They 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 almost are as imp- like they're almost as a drive staller as big a drive staller as it is in the pros. You get a penalty on you in the pros, and it's, you might as well just punt the ball. Or you know if you're in field goal range, kick the field goal, because it seems I'd like to know the percentage on actually how many times, you know, if a, a penalty just stalls, stalls the drives. I mean, that's why they're, that's why they're bad. Right. So uh, that's number two, number three, let's contain Jonathan Taylor, easily the best running back in the conference, if not the country this year, last year, Michigan held them to 101 yards in that blowout win at home, 38 to 13 now. And he, he had, I think he had like almost 30 carries because Wisconsin's quarterback is just garbage. Now containing Jonathan Taylor is going to be a little bit of a challenge this year. We lost those three big names, Winovich, Bush, and Gary uh, to the draft last year. And those are obviously some big shoes to fill. Can they play as inspired as they did last year? Now it is going to be so difficult to match the energy from, from a year ago for this game. Let's not forget this was the start of the revenge tour. The game was in Ar- in Ann Arbor at night. 
game day was there. It was. It, it's just going to be so tough to match the intensity, especially since the game starts at noon. So that's an 11 o'clock kickoff over there in the central time zone over, over in Wisconsin. That's an early start for those boys, uh, especially when they're not used to it, right? Wisconsin's a little used to it. Camp Randall's a tough place to play. <coughs> Excuse me. And they, I just don't see them matching the intensity. They need a leader to step up like Chase did last year, bring not only being their vocal leader off the field, but on the field, really starting that revenge tour, saying, you know, getting the T-shirts. He was great to listen to in interviews after the game. You could just see him all over the field. It looked like it looked like he hadn't even played the game after afterwards. He was so hyped. He wasn't tired. Like I said, it's just so difficult. To, it's going to be so difficult to match that intensity this year. I hope someone, whether it be on offense or defense, Someone needs to match that intensity from last year. If not, it's going to be a long, long day in Madison, Wisconsin this Saturday. Will Shea be healthy and play like he did last year? Let's not forget that's kind of when he actually busted out that his, his, his patented fake and pull the ball and fake out the camera guys, right? He did it a couple times, had that nice long run last year against the Badgers. Will he play like that this year? Protect the ball. Don't throw the interceptions. Hold on to the ball first and foremost, especially on that opening drive. Don't let it get in your head, though. That's another thing. He kind of looked down against against Army, and I think one of the factors is that he just kind of beat himself up, right? He is a senior. He shouldn't be making those mistakes, and now all those fumbles were his fault. The, the first one against Middle Tennessee State, yes, I, I do think he just tried to overplay that a little bit, but – the the second one the second one against Army this uh, a couple weekends ago was not his fault. The running back missed the block and he just got blindsided. The ball got knocked out. But I didn't like his facial expressions on the sideline. That really worries me, especially as a as a four year senior, or pardon me, especially as a senior, you're supposed to be one of the leaders on the team. You're supposed to be a breakout year for you. You got to keep your head up and you got to play with intensity. He just kind of looked lackluster. That's kind of why I think the. Before the game, they told him to hold back. Maybe, maybe let's not forget, these guys are only, what is he, 21, 22 years old? Maybe he had a little bit of, of pouting going on there. I hope not because you definitely don't want your your five-star quarterback to be be a powder. If uh, he continues that throughout the season, you'll see McCaffrey in there in no time because McCaffrey's kind of an upbeat, goofy guy. And I, I really think that Shea just needs to step it up and, and play like he did a year ago. With the intensity, at least, protect the ball, buddy. Does the offense open up is another question. It's time. You, you can't hold back. Obviously, Wisconsin, number 13, they're favored. This is Big Ten play. Goal is to win the Big Ten this year. You got to open up that offense. Let's see what you got, Gaddis. Let's see what you got, Shea. Let's see what you got, Harbaugh. That is critical, and I think that is what is on every Wolverine fan's mind going into this weekend. Have we been teased a little bit from the last couple games, the first two games? We will see, and I really think we have because I have not seen anything different from last year, and it's supposed to be it was supposed to be a 180 from last year. So I have not seen anything different from last year, and I think they're just kind of you know taking these, just getting the reps, going through the motions, almost like a scrimmage. But like I said, it could have cost them very, very badly two weekends ago against Army. Last but not least is will the injured Wolverines be able to play? Like I mentioned, DPJ. We will see if he is played. We'll see if Shea is actually 100%. And we're supposed to have a couple more guys returning, but that DPJ is my 
my most concerning because he is the most electric. Maybe he is the the spark that we will need to get that intensity going on offense and special teams. Let's not forget. So let's see what happens there. I still have a lot of faith in this team because I do feel that we have been holding back a little bit. So I'm looking for the upset Michigan 31 to 28. Of course, in true Michigan fashion, down to the last second, nail biter in Madison. I really think that they have, of course, they're going to be in it. Obviously, the experts and the, the gambling is, is put Wisconsin at three and a half favorite. And really, you get, what, three points for just being at home. So a half a point favorite for Wisconsin, that tells me it's almost equal. And that's it's rather surprising to me considering how dominant now, uh, the Wisconsin defense is. They haven't allowed a point, folks. They lead the country in, de- in total defense. They haven't allowed a point. Granted, they've played, what, Central Michigan, and I forget who the, the other squad that they've they've played, but they, they haven't really, um, you know, they haven't really played a, a true offense, but I'm not going to say that that means, oh, South Florida, sorry, they've, they've won 49 nothing and 61 to nothing. This is a very good team. This is a very good Wisconsin team, but I still think Michigan, that, you know, they're finally playing someone that's up to their potential. They get a little lucky that it's at home, but we got lucky last year it was at home. So I'm really looking forward to it. I'm so hyped. I circled this one on the calendar last year when the the schedule came out. This will be the first watch party of the season here at the M Factor Studios. So if you're around downtown Jackson this weekend, get a hold of me. Uh, I'll let you up. Uh, we'll we'll celebrate. Hopefully, a Michigan victory. The the girlfriend's flying in from Denver, so it's going to be just a fantastic weekend. And hopefully, we're celebrating that big, big Michigan upset, Michigan win to start this Big Ten season. And I just I couldn't be more excited, folks. So I hope all of you are too. So with that, that will conclude this week's M Factor. Again, make sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or SoundCloud and subscribe to the N Factor. Leave us that review and five-star rating to help us out in the rankings. Be sure to let your friends know, let your family know. I've been doing a little advertising myself. And if you are an advertiser, let me know if you want to uh, me to mention your your business or whatever on on the, the, the podcast, uh, I'd be more than happy to, especially if it's a local, local establishment here in Jackson, Michigan would, would love to help out anyone, get you a little airplay. And I just, I really appreciate uh, the support from you guys have a great safe weekend. Everyone enjoy game three. We'll be back here next Thursday. Again, hopefully celebrating a Michigan victory as always. Thank you for listening, guys. I am Adam Amble. This is the M Factor. Go Blue.